Hello! Oh my gosh, Gib Gerard here with Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. Welcome to another episode. So much uh, to get through really quick. Our guest this week is Rick McDaniel. He's author of the book, You've Got Style. This is not a book that will help you find the right uh, outfit for your upcoming prom. It uses the metaphor of style for every area of your life and how uh, understanding where you come from and where other people come from in terms of their style, whether it's with money, parenting, uh, and, uh, with, with their even the relationship to time, this book breaks it down, and we do we go through a bunch of it in the interview. So you got to check that out. But first, uh, real quick, just want to tell you a few things. One is our online store is up and running. You guys can check that out anytime. Link in the show notes. But most importantly, John's new book that is available for pre-order right now uh, at johnteshrelentless.com. We have a new special offer for the pre-order. If you pre-order now, you get the first four chapters before the book is even out. We are very excited. Uh, I, have, I have read most of this book uh, in, 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 in its early stages. It is, it is just phenomenal. We've been posting on, on, the, different pa- on the fan pages different, uh, different quotes from the book. So hopefully, you guys, it is whetting your proverbial appetite. But go ahead and check that out. That is our most important thing. Uh, but most, I guess, second most importantly, here right now is my interview with Rick McDaniel. Rick McDaniel, author of You Got Style, How Discovering Your Personal Style Impacts Your Faith, Family, Finances, and Much More. You're also, you also do, uh, you're, you're speaking with High Impact Living. Uh, I, love your, uh, I love your talks. Um, I love the premise for this book. And so I just really appreciate you giving us your time today and being a part of it. So thank you. Great to be with you today, Gib. Happy to do it. So your book is called You Got Style, and, I, and, I, and I've seen a lot of your resources use the visual metaphor of like fashion style, but, but you're using that as a backdrop for different kinds of communication styles, different approaches to different areas of our life. Uh, what, what are the different styles, the different areas of style that, that you have, because I feel like you can bisect this in any number of ways, but you've chosen to bisect it during, across certain columns. So what are those style columns? Yeah, so it isn't a book about fashion. It absolutely isn't. Although, so it, it is this not how to fold a pocket fun. square? You know, got to fun, got to have some fun with it and play with it. But because obviously that's what everyone thinks of when they think of style. But right. uh, what I'm talking about are things like things that we have heard in the past, like learning styles or leadership styles, and then getting into things like parenting styles, mm-hmm. financial styles, mm-hmm. work styles, decision styles all types of styles that we have in various aspects of our lives. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I like about this, I mean, this is, I mean, I would say that the idea of this is not unique. It goes back to love languages is just a version of this, a smaller subset of this. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Enneagram, but what I like about the idea of, of orienting yourself to your own style and to other people's styles that are in your life that you care about, that you have no choice but to be a part of their lives if they're family, et cetera, is that it gives you a context uh, to appreciate that they're approaching things differently. Not that you're, because I, I have a tendency to say that my way is the right way, and I've seen you mention this in some of your speeches. We always think that our way is the correct way. Sure. But if somebody disagrees, we think that they're wrong, but they may just have a different. To, to borrow your term, they have a different style, a different approach. Yeah. Again, Enneagram is great. Love languages. What's unique about this is, you know, you're either one of eight different types, right? You're, you have one of five different love languages, or you're one of X number 32 of it's Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. or four of it's this personalities. But here we're talking about 
these subsets in your life, how do you make decisions? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with money? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you deal with time? Uh, how do you think? There's four different ways that our brain thinks. The, the neuroscientists call it cognitive modes. I call it thinking styles. So it is fascinating to really understand this in your absence. Absolutely right, Gib. It isn't just so you understand yourself. It's so that you can understand those that are in your life, whether it's your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, friends, whatever it might be. Right. So let's. I mean, let's go with. I, I've seen your talk on on uh, on time styles, and you may you did it. I think you did it on the week of uh, that uh, the the daylight savings time went off or something because okay. everybody had reset. <laughs> it was very timely, pun intended. <laughs> right. Because everybody right. reset their watches and stuff. So I what I what I. Um, you brought up a point that there's an objective version of time and a subjective version of time. How, how do you orient yes. that? Yes, yes, it's yeah, it's, it's just it's just two different ways you can relate to time. If you're objective in your time, then you know if if if, if the party's at seven o'clock, then it's precisely seven o'clock. If you're subjective, then it's like you know seven ish. I can get there around seven. And uh, that's a it's a very different way of relating to time. And like in my own marriage, my wife and I are very different in this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you can see then how that can create conflict. Yes. Because if it's time to go to a, a party, I'm saying the party's at seven. We need to be there at seven. And my wife's still getting ready. I want to leave because in her mind, it's, you know, seven ish. Right. And so you <laughs> which I'm, I'm sure. Again, I'm sure that that makes you go. It makes you cringe because for you, it's objectively seven o'clock, and for her, she has that that fluid nature, and so she doesn't understand why you're being so rigid, and you don't understand how she's being so careless. But neither of you is really being those things, right? Exactly. But that's exactly how it comes out, right? Why are you Why are you not being more, you know, more respectful of people's time versus my wife saying, "Yeah, why do you have to be so hung up on this?" and you know, let's just go with the flow type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can it can it can cause problems for sure. So how it can d- also be solved, by the way, if you understand each other's right. time style. So how does that? How do you begin to unpack that? So once you understand that you have the two different st- time styles, which I'm so glad that you guys uh, found each other with your different time styles. How do you how do you begin to unpack that and like just using time as this example? Like- yeah, well, for instance, let's. T- talk about like catching a flight, for instance, if we're both going to go travel together, then what I just have determined is I actually just tell my wife a time that is actually probably 15 minutes earlier than when we really have to leave. And then, you know, just about that time, she's about ready to go and the bags are in the car and we can head off to the airport. and Everybody's happy. Uh, I mean, and, and that's a that's a hack. Is that the way to do it? Is it, yes. is it you just, you just, okay, I understand this about her. And so I'm going to, I mean, I don't want to, I feel like, I don't want to call that uh, a lie because I feel like it's not really the nature of what lying is, but, but that just sort of planning, you planning around her subjective nature is, is that the way to do it or, or, or well, that's both a way to do it. That's, that's a way to do it when it's something like a flight that you have to, right. to, to right. take. Let's say, let's go back to the party example. So if we're going to go party, then really it's just it's just me being able to understand that it is a party. I don't have to be there at seven. I'd like to be there at seven. Mm-hmm. I don't really like to be early or late. I like to be on time. But, you know, if we end up being 10 or 15 minutes late, it's not the end of the world. And it's certainly not worth it to my marriage to end up having a 
fight on the way right, over right. to an enjoyable party over something like that. Right. Um, you break down earlier on. You talked about you break down uh, thinking styles, and I want to. I want to. I want to get into that. What are the different thinking styles uh, that you, that you've identified? Yeah. Well, and, and again, it, it, it comes out of research uh, that that was done by a, a former Harvard neuroscientist. His name uh, is Coslin, Dr. Coslin. And 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 good, he, school, good school, Harvard. Yes. Yes. Good school. <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. So he came up with this whole idea of that there's a top brain and there is a bottom brain. And and then he identified what, again, he refers to as cognitive modes i would call them thinking styles there's there's the mover those are just uh, synonyms by the way you know cognitive modes thinking styles you're fine right uh perceiver is another one and adapter and stimulator those are the four that he identified as thinking styles and this is fascinating because again you're brain is your brain. The way you think is the way you think, but it's super helpful to understand that about yourself and certainly about others as well. So can you reiterate the four thinking styles again? Yeah. So how about uh, the mover? This is uh, where both your top and bottom brain systems are utilized together and you, you, you implement plans using your top brain, you register the consequences of doing so in your in your bottom brain. So these are people that are comfortable, you know, in situations where you make a plan, you take action, you know, you observe results. That's the sort of person. Now, a perceiver is when the bottom brain is highly utilized, but not, but the top brain is not. And so, again, these are the kind of people who are like uh, librarians and novelists, and they uh, they're more into um, using the brain in in more of a narrative way. Um, they 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 don't think in the same way that a mover would. They're they're more uh, of a listener than than you know they are sort of a a planner type of person. So hmm. that's a second style. The the stimulator is where the top brain is highly utilized, but the bottom brain is not. So kind of the the, the opposite of that. And so these are the, the folks that can deliver very detailed plans, but uh, maybe don't always recognize the consequences of acting on those plans. Mm. So they can be a great team player, um, even provide leadership, but uh, they shouldn't be, say, the only person uh, providing leadership. And then the adapter is where neither the top or the bottom brain system is highly utilized. Uh, but But that shouldn't mean that, you know, people aren't thinking or that that they're ignorant or dumb because that would be missing this whole thing. Right. This has nothing to do with innate intelligence right, or right, IQ. Right. Uh, so this t- sort of person doesn't generally initially initi- initiate plans or, or focus on interpreting or classifying what they experience. They they embrace the plans of others. They're they're a valuable part uh, of a team. And you know again they they can be excellent volunteers in an organization of a nonprofit. So it's just different ways of how people use their top and bottom brain systems, as Dr. Costlin would call them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how, I guess, how did you, what made you decide to go so in-depth on each of these areas? Because uh, like, was there an impetus in your own life that generated the desire to, to orient these styles? Yes. You, it's, it, it's, it's, each, each one of the chapters is broken up into... Uh, 
into the different styles for each one with a with a sort of with a name an easy to rec- remember name for each of the mm-hmm. of the ways that you approach things so like we just went through thinking styles which i think is a good overarching one but you get into f- uh, financial styles spiritual styles parenting styles decision making styles work styles time styles i mean it, it goes through all of it this is um this is a level of detail that is that i, I don't want to say granular but it is pretty granular how did you why? well yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you, because I think that 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 is exactly what I did, which is, again, why I think that my book is different than simply a personality profile or love languages and love languages would be like one chapter in, in, in my book. Right. And, exactly. Or something like the Enneagram. It, it helps you. You know, there's styles from four up to eight, depending on what the chapter is. But here's here's what happened. Uh, probably 15 years ago, I was trying to figure out how I could help couples in my church who kept arguing about money. Mm-hmm. Which is so, the number one reason yes. for divorce, by the way. There it is. There it is. So I was doing research, and I came across a an article in Worth Magazine where they had uh, gotten a research group to do a major, major, major study of, of, of what they called financial personalities. Mm. And I didn't like that terminology, personalities, because I think personality is your personality. Right. And I said, you know, it's really more of a style. And so I presented that. Uh, and, man, there was great response to it. And I was like, this is really good. And, and it wasn't, you know, maybe a year later, I wanted to do something on decision making. And again, uh-huh. I was thinking, how do people make decisions? They have like a style. And it just kind of went from there. And once I got rolling with this idea of styles, then I was constantly looking for, as I would read and research, looking for things that I thought fit into that category or like parenting styles, where, again, I just really wanted to say, what are the parenting styles? You hear people talk about, well, that's not my parenting style. But so I, I, I came to identify six different parenting styles. And, but that's how, yeah, that's how it happened. Uh, and uh, which is which is great. So let's let's do the um, let's do the the number one way, I and mean, let's do the the impetus for this whole thing. What are the uh, and and by the way, the book goes into much more detail. Just by by putting this stuff out there, guys, does not mean that you have dived as deeply as the book goes. So let's. But I, I do want to know about money. What are the different money spending styles and um, and or approaches to money and 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 how we reconcile those because I think yeah, that's something that, really important it, for people to walk away with. It really is important. It, it it really is. There are seven financial styles. Oh wow, seven. That yeah. is intense. And yes, and so the chance that say if you're married, the chance that you and your spouse have the same financial style, I think is is pretty pretty unlikely. It's literally uh, it's, a crapshoot. You have a yeah. you have a one in six chance of uh, getting paid in craps at the beginning, and so this is this is even less than that. It's not it's not a it's not a good those aren't good numbers. No. And so you can see how we are set up for the potential of arguments over over this. There's the idealist. The idealist model, by the way, is there's more to life than money. So that should tell you something. Uh, about it right there. The hunter style, the motto is nothing ventured, nothing gained. These are people that are, uh, these are the highest earners of income, by the way, and they're very, very aggressive when it comes to making money and uh, trying to invest and, and, and make even more. The striver style is the motto is money makes the world go round. So this is a person who really, it's fascinating. This is the lowest income level of any style, but they're very, very interested in money. Interesting. 
but they don't have it. The nester is the fourth style. The motto is happiness is having just enough to get by. This is the least engaged of all styles in terms of money. These are the people that are least interested in money. The splurger style is, uh, it's more blessed to receive would be their motto. They, uh, they're average in terms of income. But boy, they like to spend money. They're the most indulgent of of, of the mm. styles. The next style is the protector style. This is a uh, motto is it's more blessed to give than to receive. This is a fascinating style because this is uh, styles almost all women, almost primarily female, very few men are are in the protector style that really care more about using their money to help their their family. And then the final seventh style is the gatherer. The motto is better safe than sorry. These tend to be conservative and modest spenders. They are confident about uh, money. And uh, so those are your those are your seven financial styles. I mean, and in a fascinating level of detail, would you say that um, uh, what's his face, the uh, the uh, Dave Ramsey would be want everybody to be gatherers? Would be my guess. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, probably ironically, I think want. he's mm-hmm. a hunter, but he yes, yes, <laughs> but <right>. his <laughs> but his whole yes. mo is teaching people to be right. gatherers. Right. Although, again, you could be a hunter. I'm a hunter. But at the same time, you could follow principles that that, uh, you know, have to do with not being in debt and and uh, trying to, again, make money, make money uh, so that you can do good things with your money. Right. So there, I mean, so you have these seven different styles, but there are objectively right and wrong elements to money. I mean, there is it, it, you objectively do not want to spend more than you make. Uh, that's just that's just there's no way around that. Now, the idea of whether you spend in certain areas where you could maybe make more money or or you take certain financial risks is a different question. But there are objective realities. So how do you begin to reconcile some of these subjective concepts for each of these frameworks with with objective goals? Well, just like anything about the way we are wired up, there are things that are very good and strengths in our lives, and there are things that are not so good that are weaknesses in our lives. And so really it begins with kind of understanding how, say, your particular financial style. Uh, Let's use the hunter. You know, if you're not careful, boy, you can just make everything about money and become really material realistic and kind of not care enough about relationships. So it's a matter of really looking at yourself and saying, okay, there's strengths in this, just like in in all of, and and again, the book is filled with each style and I try to give, here's the strengths to it, but here's some things you've got to look out for Mm -hmm. when you're, you know, when you, (laughs) whatever style person you are, you have to understand, uh, you know, the the benefits and the, the things that, that could trip you up. Yeah. All right, so uh, what are, uh, let's uh, let's use you as the guinea pig for this because uh, I don't have anybody else here. So, what are what is your approach? You're a hunter versus your wife is a. Yeah, she, she she's actually yeah she's more of the the, the gatherer you know uh, oh, wow. type of yeah type of type of person. So, how do you begin to reconcile <laughs> yeah. that stuff uh, using again? You know, I'm forcing you to be. Uh, I'm forcing you to be vulnerable here. How do you reconcile the, those two different approaches together? Well, um, in, 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 in the way that we've done it is that when it comes to things like investments, um, she simply kind of defers to me to be able to 
uh, be more uh, of the aggressive investor mm -hmm. and just kind of let her in on, you know, what I'm doing and uh, how it's going and things right. like that. And that's kind of how we uh, and then when it comes to, you know, again, like the the process of budgeting, then she she's comfortable with that. You know, how are we spending our money? Where is it going? And because both of us have a strong commitment to generosity that ties us together because we both understand how important it is to be able to use our resources to to help others and to be a blessing to other people. OK, you hit on something there um, that I think I'd like to I'd like to flesh out a little bit more. So you just identified like a shared goal that despite your different styles and approaches, you you both have this shared goal when it comes to your finances. Um how can you begin to identify that in these? I feel like I mean, maybe that's maybe I'm uh, reading too much in this, but I feel like shared goals are are a context under which to reconcile different styles. Yeah, I think of course that that's you're absolutely right. By the way, and that comes through communication. This mm -hmm. is why this is so helpful. At the end of every chapter, there's an inventory. So, for instance, you know, you sit down with your spouse and you each read the chapter and take mm -hmm. the inventory, identify what style you are, and then once you know your your each other's styles, you go back to the that explanation in the chapter, and you just begin to understand. And and you know, you, of course, you you'll chuckle because you're like, oh yeah, that's you. I can see that in you. You know, we know <laughs> yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can see how we are. And then and also all of this discussion and talking helps us to understand each other better. Right. Now it comes time to make a decision about money. And instead of just no context, we have a total context. Right. Oh, this is how my style. This is your style. And now knowing that, how are we going to make this decision? And knowing that each of us is going to see it from a perspective that indicates our style. But knowing that about each other helps you be able to walk through it. And the essence of marriage, and I've been happily married for a long time, so I think I can talk to this, is compromise. So, you know, right. sometimes we lean a little more toward one person's uh, style or their perspective. Another time, we lean a little maybe in the other direction. I mean, I'm thinking back to, like, to your uh, your a little bit more innocuous time concept earlier, right, where it's where you and your wife are going to a party, and she is okay being late and you feel like it's disrespectful to be late. But what is the shared goal? The shared goal is to have an enjoyable night together. Yes. Right. And so what you can both do is she can say, hey, I should probably manage my time a little bit better so my husband isn't freaking out. And you can sit down and you find compromise because you have the shared goal of having an enjoyable evening together, understanding that the other person is meeting you halfway by showing up on time. It's not an objectively better thing. It's just a it's you guys are meeting each other's needs in ways that you probably didn't understand each the other person had those needs to begin with. Right? Absolutely. And understanding needs is crucial to 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 a, to a happy marriage. And I would also say it comes down to a level of importance, you know, mm -hmm. like maybe a particular party we're going to. There are certain people that are going to be there that, you know, that I, uh, I need to make a good impression with. I would like to network with, I would like to do business with in some way in the future. Like a and, Senator, for example, you know, something <laughs> like that. I'm not far from DC. So, you know, I might have occasion to go up that direction. So I need, you know, things to go a certain way. My wife can understand this is important to my career and to what it is that I'm doing with my life. So, 
And similarly, if it's one of her friends and it has something to do there, you know, and she's like, hey, it doesn't matter. And I can be like, all right, whatever. You know, it's it's your party, your friends. Right. And so you get there when you get. Well, I think I mean, look, I, I think I think what we've hit on right here is just sort of the framework that people need to dive in deeper and understand. But I think, you know, to your point that when you understand each other's when you understand your own style, it helps you to realize where your priorities are. Um, and, and, and then you begin to frame your goals and your minute to minute life, uh, with that with that level of understanding from this, uh, I have to say very well researched book, but, um, also when you understand again, your, your spouses or your kids or your, um, or even your coworkers, when you understand their approach, you can start to, you give them more grace. You can also, um, you can also meet their needs differently and better and find like you for me what i what i like about it is is one when you look at it rigidly everything that people do that's different from you is disrespectful or or an affront when you can understand their style you can understand how they're processing things and that they and you give them the benefit of the doubt in that way and to me that's like one of the more useful takeaways from this well, I like I, I like that. And I also think that's why the word style is such a good word, because it doesn't have rigid right, in it. Styled right. just as our understanding of it. So I think it's a good way to understand. So for you individually, as you learn about yourself, it increases your intentionality about right, your life right, and what right, it is right. you want to do. And then for others, yes, it gives you more understanding. You can be more gracious toward them. And it does. I think that the, the work styles chapter and the leadership styles chapter, for instance, can be super helpful for teams at work. Because if you can understand the how people lead and how people work, wow, you can really you can really appreciate every person's contribution in a much stronger way. The book is You Got Style, the guest, Rick McDaniel. Each chapter breaks down different ways that you approach different areas of your life. Uh, and also helps you understand how the people in your life will are also approaching them, and you can help identify that. Uh, super useful. We've gone, like I said, we've gone through just a few examples of how you could use this book and how you can, uh, how this would improve your life. I am a huge fan of understanding my personality and the people in my life. Like that's just a huge priority for me. So um, I loved uh, digging into this. I think you guys will too. I'm gonna put a link to where to buy it in the show notes. You guys can just click there and get the book. Uh, Rick, if people want to follow up with you, what is the best way for them to do it? The best way is just rickmcdaniel.com. If you go to rickmcdaniel.com, you know, then you can you can find out about my speaking and my writing and just everything. Uh, that's the best way for sure. High Impact Living is your is your speaking. And uh, I know that you're working on a book called The High Impact Life. Uh, maybe I'm letting the cat out of the bag there, but I am excited to read it. Will you come <laughs> back uh, when that when the time when that comes out yes. and talk to us about yes. that? I, I, I will. You you let the cat out there a little bit and I'll be a little ways away, but yes, I would love to do that. I, I, I'm so excited about that. It's really like a summation of years of, of my life and research, but I will definitely do that for sure. And that's been great being with you today. I appreciate that. One last thing. And I ask it to everybody who comes on the show, uh, also linked to the, your websites in the show notes. Final thing. What is one thing we can start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better? Learn more about yourself. Learn more about yourself. Understand more about who you are. Answer that age-old question, who am I? The more you can understand yourself better, the better your life will be. Phenomenal wisdom. Rick McDaniel, thank you so much for your time today. Okay, great. Thank you.
Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this interview with Rick McDaniel, please share with a friend. Again, link to where you can buy his book and learn all about your own personal style, in quotes, for every area of your life. And also for those in the show notes, you've got style. Uh, Also, don't forget, you can pre-order Relentless at johntashrelentless.com. Link to that in the show notes. Very excited to be bringing that stuff to you. Uh, If you, again, like the podcast in general, rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast helps us out a lot uh, uh oh you know what hold on last week i promised you guys that i was going to read some of your reviews online and give you guys shout outs uh, or re- read some of your reviews from the of the podcast on on here and give you guys some shout outs so first and foremost very recently got a great one from norma in albuquerque norma thank you so much for listening we appreciate it so much uh, Clarissa Gomez thank you for your lovely uh, for your lovely shout out on on uh, and review uh, Jig, Jigs Hill, Jigs Hill. I don't know what your username means, but I appreciate uh, appreciate it. So thank you guys so much uh, for for listening to the show and for giving us a shout out. Thank you. 